With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. I'm your host, Hannah Guthrie, and my expert today is here to talk about feet, feet that hurt. Dr. Thomas Bimbanista from KC Foot Care. And I want to bring up stilettos because in my 20s I wore them and now I'm reduced to kitten heels because a few decades later it really hurts my feet. Is that the kind of feet pain you're talking about? Not really because oh. the kind of foot pain we're talking about today is more of a heel pain and plantar fasciitis. Wearing high heels cause a lot of pain in your toes and in the bunion areas. But nothing to do with heel pain or spurs or plantar, how do you pronounce that again? Plantar fasciitis, no. Don't ask me to spell it. Okay, so what's the difference between those two? The difference between heel pain and plantar fasciitis, it's kind of like a very small difference. Uh, a lot of people will get up in the morning and what they'll do is they'll first step down and go, oh, my heel hurts. And that's technically heel pain. And many times that's what people think. So then generally speaking, as you continue on during the day and do activities, your heel and your arch hurts, and that's considered more of a plantar fasciitis when it's in the arch itself. And what causes that? What happens is, is that the plantar fascia is attached 10 spots in the front of your foot and narrows to one on the heel. So what happens by some type of activity you did, could be bending down and stretching or physical activity, is that what happens is that you get a slight pulling away of the ligament from the bone causing an inflammation, almost like a tendonitis. So is it kind of like a rubber band that stretched too far? Correct, exactly. And what happens is the rubber band stretches too far at where the ligament goes into the heel bone itself at the back of the foot. So when somebody comes into you complaining of heel pain or the other, um, is the first thing you recommend surgery or are there things you can do before that? Right. There's a lot of things you can do before that. So if we kind of look at kind of statistically, if you see 100 people today that wake up with pain in their heel and their arch today, 50% of them will get better within a first month or two just naturally by changing shoes or by wearing shoes in the morning when they get out of bed, simple stretching. And, and how does that help wearing shoes when you get out of bed? Well, what happens there is this, is, is it causes a degree of relative support to the heel. And so what happens is by supporting the heel, it minimizes inflammation where the ligament is. And also the heel bone is bruised when the ligament pulls off. So it's like your shin bone. So when your shin bone gets bruised, it's very sensitive and sore. So your heel is the same way when this occurs. Mm -hmm. So what happens is by wearing some type of shoe or some type of very limited type of support, what happens, it cushions it so you don't get the traumatic event of stepping down to something already sore. Besides shoes, what else can you do before going to surgery? Well, I can tell you surgery is very, very rare, fortunately, because conservative treatment for heel pain and plantar fasciitis uh, works 99% of the time. So most of the time, as far as just somebody out there 
just when they first get it, the best thing to do is start taking a low-grade anti-inflammatory like Advil or Motrin, and then use uh, shoes to reduce any basic trauma to the heel during normal activities when you're at home, so you don't walk on hardwood floors, and st simple stretching techniques to stretch the plantar fascia, which basically kind of warms it up. Like if you were a baseball pitcher and had a sore arm, you would slowly warm it up and stretch it out before you would really use it. And it's the same kind of concept. And most of the time, the stretching, you can find videos on the internet, especially on YouTube, that are very excellent about stretching to help reduce the plantar fasciitis discomfort. It's part of just like standing your tippy toes. Yes, standing on your tippy toes. And sometimes what you would do many times is use a rubber band around the very ball of your foot and pull it towards you. Uh, that's a very common thing. Or you can use like a towel, the same thing. Okay, so what if that doesn't work? What else mm -hmm. can you do? Are there any injections? Correct. Yeah. So what happens is I always tell patients that when you look at heel pain, then 50% of the people are improved just very shortly over 30 to 60 days naturally. Mm -hmm. So those people who not, do not improve, what they generally do is they come to see me and they have this discomfort now that's been going on at least a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, most of the time people wait, wait, wait. So we're talking six and eight months. So every time you get up from sleeping, sitting, driving, lunch, you have pain. So at that point, people go, I need to get over this pain cycle. So what we have to do is we have to consider what's the best ways to treat it. Fortunately today with conservative care, conservative care is successful 99% of the time in getting rid of heel pain and plantar fasciitis. So we find that by then oral medication tends not to be effective. Uh, and even if it worked, it might take weeks to help. And the people are at this point in such pain, they want to help reduce the inflammation and discomfort they currently have. So we're able to do from the side of the heel with a very uh, cool technique that allows a cold spray to numb the skin. We can use a very low grade steroid injection to reduce the inflammation where the ligament, the plantar fascia goes into the bone where the bone bruise is. Okay. And that generally, the first injection, I would have to say consistently, 90% of the people relate quite significant benefit right away, where there's improvement with the symptoms, where when they get out of bed, instead of being crippled for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes with severe pain, they have a sensitivity or a soreness. So there's significant reduction in the inflammation and soreness that they have. But with the numbing, the needle doesn't hurt because it sounds like it could be painful. It could be. It right. could be. So the good news is, is that if you do it correctly, which we try to do, of right. course, with the cold spray, we can really minimize the discomfort with the injection. And sometimes people can't even tell we gave the injection. And so it's the first beginning phase of the improvement. So when you look at a treating plantar fasciitis issue and, and a heel pain when it's been longstanding most of the time, it seems that it takes six months to a year for people to come in because they try this, they try that, they do this. It seems to get better, it gets worse, it gets better, it gets worse. Then they finally, they don't know what to do, so they come in. So inherently, when you treat plantar fasciitis and heel pain, by the use of the injections, one to three normally, and potentially some type of custom-made arch support for the foot, basically you can cure the problem 99% of the time. Do you make the arch supports? Correct. Yes. So what so we you're know, a shoemaker, a shoemaker, an arch maker, an arch maker, <laughs> an arch maker. Yeah. Uh, so what happens with that is so what we're able to do is that as we're taking care of the patient, what we do is we assist them um, about half the time. The insurances will cover some type of custom made arch support. They do cover the injections and stuff like that. Sometimes we take an X-ray if necessary 
to determine if you have a heel spur or not, which we'll go over shortly, probably. And uh, so what happens is, is that the orthotic itself is uh, we make a cast of your foot, like a plaster mold. It looks like a slipper. And from that, we're able to make a support that basically is custom made to your foot that's flexible plastic. So it tends to be highly effective. You can work, play sports in them. They can be made for different types of shoes, but not stilettos or high heel uh -huh. shoes. So believe it or not, because high heel shoes, uh, they change the angle of your foot tremendously. So most women uh, say that, hey, you know, I noticed that when I wear a shoe with a two inch heel, my plantar fasciitis is much better. Especially like with guys who normally don't wear high heels, but when they wear cowboy boots, they say, I notice it's better because there's a heel. So it changes the angle and stress on the fascia. So the great news is that conservative care is extremely successful as far as getting rid of this. And probably the improvement, uh, once we get it, normally last if we do the injections and the orthotics, it's nearly permanent that it should never come back to discomfort. Now back to the molds, you make a, can you make a glass slipper like Cinderella? Is that? Uh, only for you. Okay. Only for you. So what it is, is, is that, no, the true story is this, is that they can be made differently. Right. Uh, some can really fit sports shoes. Some can fit more uh, of a dress type flat shoe for both men and women. So you can have an orthotic that fits certain shoes uh, that are not just traditional gym shoes or athletic type shoes. So let's talk about bone spurs that you mentioned. So that's worse than the other, than the plantar. Well, again, I cannot pronounce that. Fasciitis. Fasciitis, fasciitis. Correct, correct. And so it's really very similar to, uh, they're really almost, as I, we mentioned at the beginning, indistinguishable because what happens is that over time now, when you first see someone, say in their 20s, most of the time, the pulling of the fascia on the bone irritates the bone. But over time, that bone gets irritated, like your shin bone would if you had a repetitive trauma. Over time, it would get a little thicker, a little denser, and you would have a knot there permanently. Well, the bone spur and the heel develops the same way. Slowly and chronically, by the pulling of the ligament off the bone, you develop some increased bone there. So generally speaking, you develop a bone spur. And it's sharp? It can be very sharp, very, very sharp on x-ray. And what's really interesting is that Again, by taking an x-ray or a patient would come in with an x-ray, they say, I have a bone spur. Do I need it removed? The answer is no, because again, what really is occurring that the ligament is pulling off of the bone or the bone spur itself, causing an inflammation where it meets the bone. So we're treating the inflammation that occurs at that point. So some people have a bone spur and some people don't have a bone spur. So... Of course, if there's a bone spur, it's logically, you go, I can see why that hurts. Right. There's a big bone spur, it's sharp. Mm -hmm. And then some patients have no bone spur and they go, oh my God, why does it hurt so much? And really what it is, it's the ligament pulling off the bone, just like any other inherent tendonitis or inflammation mm -hmm. uh, that a person would normally get. So with a bone spur, you can treat that conservative too, right? Correct. But say you've tried all of that, the injections mm -hmm. and the shoes and it still doesn't work, then mm -hmm. is surgery the last option? No, there's other options short of that. So what happens, sometimes um, the heel pain, plantar fasciitis pain people get, as we treat it, we realize they're getting pain with no weight bearing. They'll be sitting there watching TV and they'll get like a sharp pain in their heel itself and burning pain in their heel. There's a nerve that occurs and goes right by the bone spur and right by the fascia. 
And many times that becomes extremely inflamed and irritated. And the conservative treatments with the steroid injections do not help. There is a secondary type of injection that we can use to treat that, basically to get rid of the sensation that the nerve is causing when you're off weight bearing. It's still conservative care, and it is a form of an injection given the same way with the cold spray. So that, then you move to about a success rate of probably 90, 95%, maybe a little higher that people are significantly improved and are totally happy and cured. Then in some few patients that we are just, we can't get over the hump on that. We are just at the point where they still have consistent pain and discomfort. There are two additional things. One, we can give them what they call a cam walker, which is like a moon boot where you see people walk around oh, yeah. and it looks like a boot that's black. And it's, uh, the ones we use are mid-calf, some are higher. So that can really help take the stress off the plantar fascia and the heel pain. Then also we use a thing called a PRP injection, which is platelet-rich plasma. So we draw blood off your arm, we spin it down, we get the healing properties there with a small amount of stem cells. And what we do then is re-inject that in and around the ligament and the bone to reduce the inflammation. So the PRP really is not just small amounts of stem cell, but it's a massive anti-inflammatory. So then you go forward and you go, how many people do you have to treat with surgery? And I would have to say like last year, probably in 2018, probably there was a handful of patients in my practice. And you practice. do surgery, right? Mm-hmm. I like your approach because you're trying to do everything and it seems like you'd make more money doing surgery, mm-hmm. but it looks like you try to heal everybody before they get to that point. Right. The, the, the one reason why you do that, other than doing it correctly, which we want to, of course, any type of surgery, the minute you touch the heel, even though it might seem simple to say, well, hey, if we do this or we heard about this procedure and you go, oh my God, it's going to be quick, it's going to be done. The problem is your heel. I have not figured out how to walk without putting my heel on the ground, which means that a normal person that has a stand-up job is potentially off three months. Oh, with surgery? Well, correct, oh, correct. Okay. So, and, and what it comes down to is if conservative treatment works, like I mentioned, so highly, there's no reason to ever consider surgery as an option until everything else fails and the patient is uh, to the point where nothing works. So there are some cases where you get to a point where you treat patients conservatively and they go, hey, you know, I'm 80% better. We've done everything we should have. And I go, they go, what should I do? I said, basically see how it does. Uh, because trying to get a 20% better and trying to consider surgery to make a 20% better is really not the best choice. Because what it is, there are complications with surgery. So sometimes in rare cases, it may not be any better at all. And you go through the pain and suffering with surgery so what it is, is we just still keep treating it conservatively and do what we need to do to make sure we keep you under control with the discomfort and with the pain, with the orthotics or the cam walker or the injections. And generally it, it will go away if given time. So what it is, is it's, we need a little patience sometimes. I always have to tell patients, we've got to make sure we do this slowly because we don't want to consider surgery because the disabling effect of being off your feet for three months and then the complications that could occur. So if somebody's experiencing heel pain right now, how long should they wait before they come and see a doctor like you? Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you first start feeling it or do you wait a month? Well, normally, as I mentioned, you know, since uh, at least 50% of it kind of goes away, you do just go on to kind of like, I hate to say internet and find out <laughs> what can you do. So what it is, normally you would do uh, simple things like taking Advil a couple times a day 
using, making sure you wear shoes so you don't minimize the trauma mm -hmm. and maybe do minimal stretching and try that for two to four weeks. Okay. And if that doesn't work then, then probably you need some form of treatment. Um, the good news is that a lot of people would do that, but there's a large number of people who do not do that. But the good news is the success rate, no matter if you come in at two months or you come at 10 months, is pretty much the same. It's normally a curable event without surgery. Well, if anybody has questions, how can they reach you? Go to your website? Right. The, the website uh, that will be listed, kcfocare.com, basically goes over heel pain and plantar fasciitis and other things we do. But the most important thing is that's written as if you came in to see me. So it's, it's made like a very patient-friendly kind of conversation like we're having now. That's how we talk to patients. This is a cooperative effort when we take care of patients. I'm not there. I will go over the list of the choices that are available, kind of like a maitre d' at a restaurant. And then what we do is we try to determine what's best for you. you know. And then we, what we do is we take some of potentially the past treatments you had I don't need to repeat something that you had before that didn't work. Right. Then we would move forward to the next level. And so over time, what it would really comes down to, it all comes down to the interaction between myself and the patient. I go, Here, you have this degree of pain. This is what we can do to help. How does this seem to satisfy you? Or what else would you like to do? Um, we find sometimes people say, hey, can I try physical therapy? We're not against that. But because of the logistics of having to go a couple times a week, two, three times mm -hmm. a week, the cost. And to be honest, the limited success, it's not always as successful as treating it. And it doesn't, it doesn't uh, cure it very quickly if it helps at all. Well, thanks for coming in. I'm telling you, my feet feel better already after talking to you. That's good. So what, do I charge just one office visit? Just one office visit. Okay. Seriously, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It. It so much. Thank right. you so much. Have a great day. Join us next time for another edition of Ask the Expert on Box 4.